what can we share with people on a regular basis that makes them feel more comfortable about that technology? Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Hour. Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level. And now your host, Chris Lukey. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 45. Today, we're going to be talking about doubling down on automation and robotics. We've got Craig Francisco coming back on the show. He was just on in episode 40 to talk about digital marketing, but today we are getting technical. We're going to be talking about robots. If you're interested in collaborative robots, you're definitely going to want to listen, as well as a number of other exciting trends in automation. Now, we recorded this episode at the start of 2021, so there was a bit of context of, hey, what are you excited for in the upcoming year? I know we're about two and a half months in as this is coming out, but... All of this still remains true and relevant. So what are the three things you can expect from today's show? Well, first, we're going to be talking about prioritizing technologies to focus on, as well as getting customers comfortable with new technology. Robex certainly knows a thing or two about technology because despite the fact that they are relatively new here in the automation game, they have been rising to prominence quickly. Second, Craig is going to talk about what he's excited about in the automation world these days. We'll go over three trends, which you will hear about very, very soon. Finally, we're going to talk about what it takes to create a great culture and how that plays into being successful as well. As is particularly true for this episode, we're going to be talking about a number of specific resources. So make sure to head to the show notes over at manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 45 to access all the information from this episode when it wraps up. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes to leave a very quick rating and review. One more thing before we get started, I want to give a shout out to our premier sponsor, Steam Chain. Steam Chain is the machine as a service company. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you've probably heard me mention them before. But today, I'm not going to give too much away on them yet because Craig is actually a user of their machine as a service capabilities. So you're going to get to hear it from one of their customers here in just a second as the episode gets started. And with that, we got to get into round two with Craig, and it's time to crack a beer. So let's get rolling. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Good to have you back for round two. Appreciate it. Mm. Thanks for the beer. Oh, no problem. So, yeah, we should set some context. So you're drinking a River West Stein, uh, an amber lager from Lakefront Brewing in Milwaukee. I'm drinking a Moon Man, a pale ale from um, New Glarus. Most people know them for Spotted Cow, but Moon Man's a great one of theirs as well. And and my policy, now that I'm back in the Midwest, if I'm traveling by car anywhere, I need to bring a case of beer to folks. So We appreciate it. It's going to... It'll. It won't last long with with our group. Here, I, would, so. I would hope not. I tried to bring enough for the team. I would. <laughs> yeah. I would have been disappointed if I didn't bring yeah. uh, bring enough. So. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Well, anyway, so we're back with Craig Francisco. And to kick things off for this one, Craig Francisco with Robex to add some more context, but I'm sure I'll have recorded an intro that people will have uh, picked that up on this time around. But since we're diving back into another conversation, this time more technology centric, more around the smorgasbord of things that you're doing here at Robex for the industry, you know, tell us about one of the coolest projects you've worked on recently, something that just sticks out. Yeah, I think for us, you know, you say coolest and, and recent would be mm-hmm. the the mirror. So we've mm-hmm. really doubled down and we're all in on um, on the mirror, which is an AMR, so autonomous mobile robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, mirror is you know probably one of the most well known brands in that space, and we became a certified integrator back in April of 2020, mm-hmm. and since then we've really tried to position ourselves as as a leader, one of the leaders integrators in the U.S. And so we've we have two or actually probably five or six projects that came about here in the last you know three months but we've got one that's um has nine mirrors mm-hmm. and it's just moving product around a facility with custom conveyors on top yeah it's moving um plastics is the, is the product but it's it's really just it's cool because seeing a fleet of nine of these mm-hmm. right with these huge conveyors on top moving you know double stack loads yeah. uh, around a plant's just just phenomenal yeah and i think people have a visual of agvs and mm-hmm. amrs in their minds so you can imagine in fact they're literally from where we're recording this there's one moving yeah, around right, right next to us yeah. right now which is which is pretty cool you won't see it in the video either but it's on the other side of the cameras so that's why we're a combination of how it's made in tedx in one you podcast here on manufacturing happy hour the technology is awesome the other thing i have to ask is you know you mentioned you added that to your portfolio recently you know of all the strategic decisions you can make i'm sure you're looking at different areas you can expand into you know this is kind of a general question how do you decide on the areas that you add to your portfolio or the thing that you're going to add to the things that you're really really good at that's a great question so we specialize first of all it's where's our strengths and Mm -hmm. our our experience from the team that we've assembled really is what we consider the pick pack palletizing kind of end of line material Mm -hmm. movement so some of that can be bringing raw materials to the front of the line Mm -hmm. and then once we get close to packaging. So how is it being placed in a case? How's the case being palletized? And then how does that pallet get moved to the next stage, which is usually stretch wrapping, banding, mm-hmm. and then on into a warehouse. So the mirror for us, we, we, our team quickly saw that, geez, this is great. We'll pick up, you know, our palletized loads that we're mm-hmm. already automating for our customer. And now in mm-hmm. take away the, all the safety concerns and the issues they have with, with, fork trucks and use these AMRs in the yeah. mirror. So we've really, once we saw that, we we knew that there was a market for it. We mm-hmm. went really, really doubled down from a marketing sales um, aspect of it all. And then we've, we're just continuing to train our, our team to get as many people up to speed on that technology as possible. Yeah. So I guess if I'm hearing it right, you took one thing you were already doing in your process, mm-hmm. palletizing, you just took it one step further. You're like, we're already yeah. doing this. Let's just take the next step. And you tied that to the challenges people are facing. You Correct. mentioned that you, at, you know, basically it provides a safer solution mm-hmm. for what comes after palletizing. Love that. And, and you know, we're recording this at the start of 2021. So what other trends in industrial automation and robotics do you see coming up? So there's really three. I actually just did a, a short little podcast this morning mm-hmm. that I posted on um, the Automation Solution Podcast, the mm-hmm. show I have, but talked about three things that I, I believe and I think our team would agree that are the um, the ones where we're going to pay the most attention to in 2021. Mm-hmm. We talked about AMRs. That's definitely um, a huge growth 
uh, potential not only for us but I think our, our customer base are really starting to buy into that hey, this is this is worth really paying attention to and that is not just the mirror there's the whole nother um, aspect of it that we're research, researching into which would be automated AMR but on the fork truck side on forklifts okay so working with companies right now we're making a trip to, to Boston next week to kind of take that next step but what can we do from there um, so AMRs for sure. Number two would be collaborative robots. Okay. Even though they've been around for five, six years now, they're really starting to to gain popularity. And with Fanuc launching their new CRX model mm-hmm. that really hit the market last year, um, tough time to roll out a new a new robot, right, with, yeah. with COVID. But I know that they've been wildly successful. We've got four of them here on site, and we use them for, like, labeling applications palletizing, slower, lightweight loads. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of applications for collaborative that people are now starting to realize as they pay attention to where their labor challenges are, mm-hmm. not only with COVID, but trying to find people to, to perform certain tasks. And then lastly, and, in, and these are in no order, but we believe our Flex program, mm-hmm. which is the machine as a service um, platform that we've launched with you know the help of Steam Chain is going to take on... Uh, a whole new look. We, we've got, we're talking to people that are, are looking to uh, to help us kind of take that and help grow that to the next level. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of interest out there, and we're gonna we're gonna you know really try to uh, push that as much as we can. What's what I find interesting about this is you mentioned three areas, you know, because a lot of people can identify trends sure. in automation and robotics, but a lot of people aren't going to capitalize on them or double down on them. They mm-hmm. might pick one because it complements their existing portfolio and they're going to focus on growing, I don't know, a core business they already have for something along those lines. But you literally just told me you're going to focus on all three of those. These yes. are all new technologies. How do you get customers, especially in the manufacturing industry, comfortable with adopting these type of things? Yeah, education. You know, mm-hmm. the more and kind of go back to another episode that that we did, Chris, is is just what can we share with people on a regular basis that makes them feel more comfortable about that technology. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of video. Um, you know, we talk again to customers as much as we can about. Usually, there might be safety concerns they have. The technology might be new, so they need to feel good about that. And then the flex program is kind of unique. On itself, mm-hmm. but machine as a service has, has been around for a while, but now it's starting to gain some momentum, and, and people are more aware of it. Yeah. So we just we try to educate. That's the best best that we can do. Awesome. And and I know in our last episode we talked about a lot of the ways you're giving value, getting that education out there mm-hmm. around social media, around your newsletter. You got a lot of different channels to do that. But I do want to talk more about the tech this time. And let's start with the Flex program, for example. You sure. mentioned machine as a service. I think some of our listeners are familiar with that. They, episode five featured me, uh, Mike Cromachy from Steam Chain. If you're familiar with that, um, they sponsor the show right now. Define that for someone in your words that's first getting familiar with Flex and a machine as a service model. Yeah, so what So what we've seen happen as we talk to customers, um, I'll give you an example of what typically happens today when, mm-hmm. when our, our customer, let's say ABC Food, is looking to mm-hmm. invest in an automation project. If, if they have multiple plants, usually the plant manager or, or head engineer, they're gathering all the information and they're ranking their projects. And or typically, it's an order of ROI mm-hmm. or, or safety. You know, there's a lot of things that they that they um, take into consideration. But then those all get added up with all the other facilities, and they'll have a list of let's say it's 20 projects that all yeah. look good on paper that they want to do. 
Well, we all know the reality of number one, they, they can't implement that many projects and they don't have the funds to. Mm -hmm. So there's always really, really good projects that get pushed to the side yes. or pushed on into future years because they just don't have the money. Mm -hmm. The flex program and machine as a service solves that because we now will, for the right customer, we'll take our proprietary technology, packing technology, whatever it is that we're at, the outcome that we're providing, mm -hmm. we can implement that for no money down up front. So they're gonna, mm -hmm. our customers will pay for the service as it goes. Mm -hmm. And we provide all kinds of information with service and tracking and um, the parts. There's lots of benefits that come with this, but if they're willing to think outside of the box and realize you don't have to pay for it, you don't have to lease it, mm -hmm. machine as a service is very unique and different. And it brings so, so many benefits to our customer that it's, it just takes time. He's got to explain it. Uh, you know, I love the way you started that answer where you talk about how companies have a list of projects mm -hmm. they could do. But when it comes down to the IRR metric, you know, some of them make the cut and some don't, even though they would be great projects, oh, yeah. it would still benefit the company. Yeah. And this, one of the simple ways I look at it is all of a sudden you can take these funds from maybe an OPEX budget rather than a capital budget and, and make that Correct. happen. Yeah. And that's when we show, um, you know, the engineers and plant managers and the people we, that we usually are discussing projects with, mm -hmm. you know, however it gets done, they're, they're usually okay. We have to have them connect us with accounting, sometimes legal, um, because mm -hmm. it, this could be new. The concept could be new. But as soon as we get accounting on the phone or legal, and we walk them through what machine as a service is and specifically the flex program, how we track it, how they pay, what that risk looks like to them and how we share in that risk. Once mm -hmm. we get the right people on the phone and they can look at it, we've, uh, we've not any, anybody say, well, that's not for us. Right. Right. So it's really, so it sounds like you're entering in the same spot. A lot of automation companies would project engineers, yes. plant managers, yes. et cetera. But there's another party that's, well, I would say typically involved in a lot of project decisions, the financial side of right. a business. You really need to pull them in. But once once you see it within the you know hands of a CFO or someone that's looking at the numbers, that's when it becomes, it almost sounds more of a no-brainer at that yeah, point for people. Really, yeah. At the end of the day, where are you spending in your OPEX today? Mm -hmm. And typically they're struggling to find people um, to perform it anyway. Mm -hmm. And again, there's safety concerns and things they factor in. And then we'll come in with a, a fee structure where they'll see, okay, mm -hmm. if we allow Robex to automate this on the Flex program, what's it going to cost us weekly, monthly? You can look at it a lot of different ways. And it's usually, it's a it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, the savings is there and they're getting the, the most latest, best technology and automation available. Yeah. So I'd say I'm going to address one group in the audience here for the folks that work in the plants, kind of on the end user side of our listener base. If this sounds like something that could be a fit for you, pull in the financial crew mm -hmm. from your company as well, run the idea by them. Um, you know, I've, I've obviously heard great things about it so far. We'll be right back right after a word from our sponsor. Are you searching for an e-commerce platform tailored to your industrial operation? Well, look no further than our sponsor for today's episode, Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha equips manufacturers, distributors, and dealers with the products and services they need to accelerate profits online. Now, I've been lucky enough to really get to know the folks over at Gen Alpha for the past few months, and what I love about them is that their entire leadership team comes from our industry. Not only do they know e-commerce, but they understand the challenges that manufacturing companies face when ordering parts online. If implementing an e-commerce platform is new territory for you or you feel like you could be doing it better, 
Gen Alpha offers an e-commerce readiness assessment to help OEMs identify their areas of strength and weakness in order to prioritize the activities required for a successful e-commerce launch. To learn more about Gen Alpha, make sure to head to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash Gen Alpha to listen to our interview with their president and COO, Christina Harrington. There, you can also find a direct link to their e-commerce readiness assessment, or you can check them out on the web at genalpha.com. In summary, if you're an equipment manufacturer, distributor, and your customers struggle to identify the right parts for the job, Gen Alpha can help. And now, back to today's episode. I want to flip things around though, because you're on the, uh, you're supplying the equipment. Correct. And as a result of this, you're not pulling in the capital dollars you typically would on the front end. So you're really, you're assuming more risk, yeah, correct? Yeah, a lot of risk. So what makes you comfortable with that then? Well, number one, we're comfortable with our ability mm-hmm. to put together a solution that we know is going to going to work for our customers. So we mm-hmm. know for sure what we put in there is going to work. We, we, we've got the experience. We've done it. We, we you know, believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, check one. Check two is, is it, is the customer someone that we believe looks at us as a long-term partner? Mm-hmm. If someone is looking to do one of these and, and, and never automate again, or, um, or not take that relationship to the next level, then we're going to pass. It's, you know, cause it is too risky. We're, we're taking on a lot of that risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we allow our customers, you know, if, if it's we get it in there, it's it's not doing what we tell them it's going to do. They're able to return it. It's mm-hmm. part it's in our contract. So we need to make sure we deliver. But I also want a customer that really believes in automation long term and is mm-hmm. looking for that relationship. Awesome. So confidence in your own ability, but also it, it to an extent it's kind of a vetting process it, where you yeah. can kind of look for the best customers, the ones that want that long-term process. Yeah. So for the OEM side of the audience out there, the folks working with integrators, equipment manufacturers, that part's for you. You know, I love I love talking about Flex Machine as a Service, but this is just one of the areas you're right. looking to go into. Collaborative Robots was another one mm-hmm. that you mentioned. So yes. I'd love to talk about that because I see them at trade shows all the time. I don't see them in practice all the time. And it was cool to see them out on your shop floor before jumping into this. What are the applications that you're seeing that are ripe for collaborative robots right now? Well, the first thing I want to say, I'll get into that too, but um, I have been in many, many facilities, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. um, traveling. And I, I too, the ones that I've seen, typically I've been in a corner, not running, mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, not working. And, and I'll tell you why I believe that is, that's true. One is a lot of people thought they could self-integrate these collaborative robots and, and nothing against the, you know, the manufacturers out there that, that have helped take this to market, but they made it sound easier than it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to do the complexity of the, of the, what we see, the applications, it's not something they're going to want to take on themselves. They're going to want to have an integrator helping them, behind them, you know, guaranteeing the work. And so that's mm-hmm. one thing just to get out there. And then also we do full risk assessments on, on collaborative. So you've got to pass all these. Um, there's a RIA has a whole risk, risk assessment um, out there on the collaborative robots. And I did a podcast with Greg Buell from FANUC, who is kind of their collaborative robot guru. And I am, I am amazed by how many applications we look at where the, the customer wants collaborative, mm-hmm. but it's not a collaborative application. Mm. So you can have a collaborative robot, 
yeah. but the potential to fence it in is still there because yeah. it's not collaborative. So we mm-hmm. we educate a lot to our customers. I think our customers are starting to realize that, okay, it's not as easy as maybe we thought it is, but the applications are everywhere. So a pick-and-place type application, mm-hmm. um, you, you got to think of the speed. So typically it's something that you can do slow, which what you've seen here, we have several labeling applications. So products coming down a conveyor it's, it's a load that's already let's say it's wrapped that's getting ready to go to the warehouse typically there could be somebody there peeling and, and sticking labels on all sides of, of the uh, the pallet or there could have been a mechanical mechanism that was you know placing you know pushing these labels on there what where we've seen the value with robotics is that you can get really um uh, flexible with the needs of the customers. So we, we've got these, you know, on, on lines now at the end of lines, applying labels. Mm, okay. Okay. So labeling at the end of the line yeah. is one of the applications. Yeah, labeling, you can, the palletizing as well mm-hmm. is, is a big one. The pick in place. So the, again, we stay in our lane though. So now there's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of other integrators are doing different things with collaborative robots, but we're mm-hmm. sticking to what we, we know well and are comfortable standing behind. Love that. Well, I, I like that you're finding applications within your areas of core expertise, particularly around in an area that, like you said, you're seeing them in, in the corner of an office, not really operational, not doing what they right. had been intended to do, but finding the right fit for them yes. sounds like the key. Yes. So we got Flex. We got Collaborative Robots. We talked a little about mere AMRs at the start mm-hmm. of this. I mean, is there anything we missed there that you'd like to highlight about it? I think the beauty is what we've been able to do with the partnership that we've created with Mir is that we, we will go on site and do demos for yeah. people. So we actually, one of our, um, our salesmen drove one from Perrysburg, Ohio, down to Atlanta to a facility down there. Mm-hmm. So not a short drive mm-hmm. and uh, went out of our way to do this. Again, when I, we talk about is what can we do, bring value to our customers without you know having them extend funds, that's something we do. But if anyone is interested, I would challenge them to whoever they're working with to try to have an on-site demo and let, mm-hmm. let these AMRs come to their floor have them perform a task, you know, a simple task just because of the programming time, but have the employees watch and, and see what it can do. That's where I, I've been at several now where there'll be 30 people, you know, following the AMR down the factory floor as it's carrying a load and and everybody's just blown away by the technology because it's mm-hmm. it's so different than AGV or LGV. So your call to action around that, schedule a demo to yeah. see how these work. I, I, you know, I just thought of this as you were talking, but I feel like they're kind of like industrial Roombas at the end of the yeah, day, exactly. the way they scurry around yeah. the floor. You give them pet names and things like that, add some personality to a facility. Yep, so absolutely. Um, but I like that you mentioned that that's your call to action around uh, mere AMRs. Is, you know, for someone that's evaluating collaborative robots as well, what would you say your call to action to them would be? What are the steps to figure out if that, that might be a fit? I think they, they need to engage an integrator for sure, yeah. whether that's us. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that, that understand them and have a, a wealth of uh, knowledge. But making sure that they have someone that understands how to look at that application, really do a risk assessment, uh, understands speed, weight. You really just There's a lot that goes into it. And if you can rule, if you rule it out that it doesn't work, then you can move on. And maybe it's an industrial type setting. It's more of a, you know, a, a a fenced-in application that's going to work, but just engage the right person that's going to give you the time uh, that, that you need up front to really understand if it's something that's going to work for you. 
And if there is someone that's evaluating a machine as a service program and an end user, how would what would be your first step to them to evaluate if that's a fit for their facility? Call Robex. Call Robex. All right. I knew we'd, I knew we'd get a simple it's pretty, one. It's pretty point. easy, right? Yeah. Call Robex. I'm, a, I'm on board with that. Yeah. Hey. No, really. Know? I mean, I think it's talking to us or other like Pearson, you know, folks that we're friends with that yeah. do it. Have a conversation. Ask all the questions. You know, we have contracts that we can share with people so they can see. You know. All the details to it. There, you know, there's there's nothing that we're trying to hide or anyone's trying to hide. Yeah. But there's a lot of information on, online now that you can find. Steam Chain's done a great job um, with their posts on LinkedIn. Their mm-hmm. website has a lot of good information. So just reaching out and asking questions. Love that. And you've given a lot of value. You can ask for the order at some point like that. So I'm glad you yeah, threw that one out there being like, there. hey, call Robex. Yeah. You know, the other thing people can call Robex for, I, I feel like I'm getting commercially on this, but th- what I really want to do is segue to the fact that the other thing that's unique about you guys, you have a lot of expertise in annealing and glass we making do. as well. You're literally yeah. located right next to a giant glass manufacturer. Yes. Um, how did how did that come into the area? Oh, it's a crazy area? story. <laughs> but it's, you know, when I talked about John Parker, our CEO, and Kevin Conti, our COO, and the, the two partners that founded Robex, mm-hmm. again, they both did a lot of work in glass plants and during their 20-some-odd-year career and ran into each other and, and met. There was another company that's no longer in business that had mm-hmm. three of the top annealing Lear experts, not just in the U.S., but the world. Mm-hmm. And these three individuals became available, and, and John and, and Kevin I'm not sure timing is ever perfect for anything, but when when these gentlemen became available, we brought them on, mm-hmm. and, and to join the Robex team, and they are their names are they're the, the top of the game. So most people don't know what an, an annealing leer is, but it's it's like a large pizza oven. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, you know it's just temperature control as you're manufacturing the glass. So think of a large pizza oven could be 10 to 15 feet wide at the opening and and very long. Difficult uh, machines to get in and service and to understand and and so we we do quite a bit of business for most of the large glass manufacturers in the states. Awesome. Well, I love the plethora of unique areas of expertise you have, and we've talked a lot about technology and some cool applications in this episode so far. But the reality is, and I think our listeners know this, you don't get great technology doing great things without the right processes and people. So sure. I, I want to hear a little bit about your culture here at Robex too. Yeah. So that's the, that's the one thing that um, somebody asked me this the other day. And, and to me, it's what really makes us different. And I mm-hmm. know that that everybody says that they've got the best culture. Everybody has it on their website, mm-hmm. that what's important to them, their mm-hmm. values. And, right. But I will tell you, we, we have a culture that it was easy to build for, for John and Kevin because the first few people they hired were all friends and people mm-hmm. they worked for. So you knew what you were getting, right? Yeah. Very easy to do. You didn't have to advertise. You knew the people that came. They, they were a culture fit from day one. Well, now we have, you know, let's say close to 60 employees today. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, we didn't know everybody. So it's really important that we we ask the questions and make sure before someone joins our team that they are a culture fit. Mm-hmm. And then to us, what, what that means is someone that's going to show up every day, that's here to play, to win, that wants to bring massive value to our customer base and has a, a can-do attitude. Yeah. The, the folks that don't do well here or you know wouldn't want to work here and we wouldn't want them here are the ones that always are complaining. You know, that yeah. they have a bad day the moment they wake up and they come in and it's... Um, it's just, this place is fun. I mean, mm-hmm. to, in order to be here, you've got to really want to give it your all. And, and we're 
as I talked to you earlier, we've got some huge goals mm-hmm. and the culture is everything. We, we cannot and will never sacrifice culture for revenue. Mm-hmm. So we will be very careful with who we bring into the, the company. How do you vet that in an in interview hard. process? It's yeah. hard. It's yeah. difficult. Yeah. So we, you know, we have as many of us that we can talk to people. We will do the research that we can with references, but it's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no surefire way to do it. I've made numerous mistakes in my career sure. thinking I had a culture fit. And, but you know, the, I would tell people to, um, this is cliche too, but you know, hire <laughs> slow, fire fast. We've yep. all kind of read those in the books, but that mm-hmm. is the truth. Be careful with who you're bringing on. And the moment you know you don't have a fit and you, and you can't, fix it. You can't fix everybody. Yeah. Just address it and, and move on mm-hmm. because it's not a fit for them either. Sure. What's, um, well, I want to have a little fun with this. What's your favorite interview question to ask or one that's maybe a, a Craig Francisco specialty? Jeez, man, you <laughs> kind of threw me for a loop on this hey, one. we're on a podcast. Fa- I know it's good. Yeah. <laughs> favorite interview question. I always like to know, um, whoever I'm interviewing, I want to know a little bit about their past and what got them here. So I may come up with something unique that's, yeah. you know, tell me about the, the moment that you decide to get it into your industry, whatever that might be, what was it and and why? And, mm-hmm. and kind of dig a little deeper there. I like that. Want to know what mine is? Yeah. What's one question you wish I would have asked you mm. that I haven't yet? And that's also meta because yeah. we're getting towards the end of this part yeah, of our yeah, interview. No, so that's uh, that's our wrap up for this one. <laughs> I wish you would have asked. Or on the technology side, because yep, I've no, got we've got one more episode with you yeah, coming I, up. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, you know, really on the technology side, I just I don't know if it's a question, but for the listeners, just to make sure that people really take take this year especially and investigate and, and understand. We talked about AMRs, collaborative robots, and Flex, or machine as a service. Uh, these, these aren't just for us. This is where I believe that the technology is going for manufacturing. Just, just research it and um, at least spend some time understanding it. Whether you decide to invest or, or go down that, that line is up to you. But I, I do think you will, our, the listeners will have tremendous benefits if they just take that next step and, and go a little bit deeper in, on their education. Awesome. Well, you've mentioned a lot about educating. I know you guys do your part to play into that, but a lot of a lot of it comes down to people carving out the time yeah. on their calendar as well. It. I, I, you know, it's funny. This kind of goes back to our last episode, but I tell people whether you're on LinkedIn, whether you're trying to learn something new, just freaking mark it off in your calendar the same way you do a yeah. sales call. Like, yeah. but anyway, we're we're getting off on a tangent here towards the end of the discussion. Craig, it was great having you back. Thank for you. Round Appreciate two. it. Yeah. Cheers. Yep. Cheers. Take care. And for those of you listening, we'll catch you again next time. Hey, hey, thanks for listening. And a big thanks again to Craig and the team at Robex for making these episodes with them possible. We covered a lot of ground today. We talked about Mir AMRs. We talked about Fanuc Collaborative Robots. We talked about Robex's Flex Machine as a Service program. If you want to dive into any of these in more detail, head over to the show notes page at manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 45 for more details and links. As always, I want to make sure I thank our sponsors for this show. First, Gen Alpha, our e-commerce partner for manufacturers, as well as Steam Chain, the machine-as-a-service company. These two companies are fantastic. It's been great working with both Gen Alpha and Steam Chain, and thank you so much for sponsoring the show. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. You can get there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. doesn't need to take long to leave that review. It can be as short as just a couple sentences, and that five-star rating is even easier. It's just like a quick five-star button to say, hey, thanks for putting out this podcast. Anyway, that's it for this week. A lot of fun hanging out. We got one more episode coming up with Craig in the near future, kind of a smorgasbord episode of some other leadership lessons he is going to bestow upon us and plenty of other exciting episodes coming up for you as well. So stay innovative, stay thirsty. Catch you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour, powered by the Industrial Network.